The road we're on is paved in Garth. Come along on the journey. As we explore Garthology. Think of it more as a conversation. I like that. So if this is truly a conversation, then I say let the conversation begin. Hey guys, it's Deb. I'm Pete. And I'm Jess. So first, we want to start by thanking everyone again for listening. We are having so much fun. We can't even describe how much fun this all is. We are meeting people. We are talking to people. We're chatting with people on Twitter, on Facebook. It's fantastic. We are loving every single minute of it. So our topic for today's podcast, episode number five, is Garth Brooks' Love Songs. So to start us off, We are going to go to Pete for his first pick. I get to lead us off with the first love song, and I chose The Red Strokes. Inspired by a vision that they can't command, erasing the border with each brush of a hand. Oh, the red strokes, passions ungained. Red Strokes was written by James Garver, Lisa Sanderson, Jitty Yates, and Garth Brooks. It was a single off the In Pieces album released in November of 94. That song came out. It only reached number 45 on the country charts in the United States, but it got to number 13 in the United Kingdom charts. Real quick before I go into the lyrics, one interesting thing I found about the song is they actually make a music video of this song. And in the process of doing so, I don't know if any of you guys have seen it, but I imagine you have. They actually drop a piano into a gigantic pool of red paint. And some research I found is that the paint they had put into this gigantic pool thing where they were going to drop the piano into it. It had sat out overnight, super cold. So they had this gigantic crane unit that was dropping the piano into the red paint. It was so thick, it actually broke the the little crane. It wouldn't allow the piano to drop all the way in there. And not only did they put the piano in it, but Garth was also in this paint as well as a part of the recording. It was so cold after he had been in there a few minutes, he said he started getting hypothermia because it was so cold. So he was lucky that they actually got to stop the production on the video for the first day. And then they found that they could make it thinner by adding mud and water, which warmed it up. And at that point, when they made the video the next day, it was like getting into a warm mud bath. So uh, he was happy that they got to reshoot it the day after because it was much warmer and he uh, didn't have to suffer from hypothermia. So that was just something interesting about that music video. Going back to the song. The song to me is very, it's a blank canvas. I mean, it's what the song is about. And they talk about painting with, you know, uh, red strokes. And it starts off actually saying that there's a blank canvas. And to me, to people that are kind of at a point in the relationship where they know that it's going to go somewhere, but they're just not sure where or how it's going to go, having a blank canvas and being able to, to paint this love story is kind of what I got from it. The actual way that 
the song portrays two people under moonlight, you know, drinking wine at midnight. I could feel myself kind of sitting there watching it unfold, maybe from, you know, a cliff or something and watching this happen between two people. It was just a song that anytime that it comes on, it's a song that you could really relate to, or I can relate anyway to, um, you know, maybe your past relationship. One I like to uh, obviously talk with my wife about. We talked about the song a lot with the lyrics and, and she heard me listening to it. It's cool because they paint a picture in the beginning that continues to grow. But realistically, if you go back to it and you kind of think a relationship or a marriage like what we've had for so long, it's really a never ending canvas. I mean, every day, right, there's a new picture that you paint. And with the red strokes, I thought that that was uh, it's a lot what I got from from the lyrics and the song out of it. I, I really, really enjoy the song. And uh, that was one reason why I picked that song. That's a great song. I don't know about you guys, but so I think Garth has some really intense romantic songs. Yes. Like for sure. Sexy songs. Right. <laughs> for and, sure. <laughs> and for me, I think this is his sexiest sexy song. It is, I mean, to me, it's all about passion. Like those two people are. They're having some sexy time. For sure. Steam on the window, salt in a kiss. Yeah, it's uh, mm-hmm. some very, very explicit, uh, but yet PG-13 lyrics, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Fairly PG-13, Fairly. in my opinion. Yeah. It's an R-rated <laughs> song in a very PG-wet-said way. We've talked before about the imagery. Yeah. I mean, if it's going to play on a country album, it's got to be a little, you know... You can take what you will from it, but it's got to be able to, you know, make it past the family, basically. Right. (laughs) But I do love that metaphor. I love that it's like the relationship, but also the painter, you know, and I, I, if you look at it from that way, it's like the passionate painter with those red broad strokes, but then also this relationship and red is obviously always associated with passion and intensity, which is exactly what you were saying. So it's it's great. And the specific words that they chose for the lyrics too, there's the part that says erasing the borders with each brush of a hand to use the word brush specifically. It just ties it all together in a really cool way. And I, for me, I love the song, but I will never forget that video and the white suit and the paint going onto the white suit. And it it stood out in my mind. As soon as I hear the song, I always think of that video. Yeah. I didn't know the story about the cold paint. Yeah, yeah, they, uh, that's <laughs> like, ooh, he, he, he was in it. And he actually, like like I said, started getting hypothermia. And going back to the, the video, and it won a ACM award. And to this day, it's still regarded as one of the most memorable videos in country music. I could see that. Yeah. There's nothing like yeah, it. For sure. Nothing that I can think of. All right, so that does it for the Red Strokes, and we will pass it over to Jess for song number two. All right, Uh, the song that I picked for my first song, which is number two on our list of love songs, is Wrapped Up in You. How do I need you? Well, can't you tell? I need you like a penny needs a wishing well, baby. Wrapped up in you Every now and then when the world that we're living in is crazy 
The song was released as the second single off of Scarecrow, October 15th of 2001, and it was written by Wayne Kirkpatrick, who his name sounded familiar to me and I wasn't sure why. And in my research, I realized that he and Gordon Kennedy, who I'll talk about later in this episode, co-wrote Love Will Always Win, the duet with Trisha Yearwood. So it was already kind of there in my mind, the name. Um, But he also co-wrote Little Big Town's song Boondocks, which was a big hit for him. And he, um, Deb, this will be right up your alley. He co-wrote the Tony-nominated Broadway musical Something Rotten, um, which I think was around 2015-ish was whenever it was out. Yeah. So obviously someone who knows what they're doing when it comes to writing. And this song was not an exception to that rule. The first thing that I thought of when I sat down to listen to it for the podcast, though, was when it got to the ba 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 was that we just did the Garth Brooks Live at the Win and the whole thing with the 60s and the la la la's. And so I had to laugh because that that was just funny. <laughs> but uh, he did it himself. <laughs> he did. He did. But it's also that's not a typical Garth. I was trying to think if there was any other song where there's like la la la's or something like that. But I couldn't think of anything else off the top he of my head. He does yodel in one song. It'll oh. come back to me, and I'll have to drop a clip in yeah. the podcast. But I know there's a song he yodels in. Yeah, you'll have to stick it in there. Hey guys, it's Deb. I found the yodeling song. Here's Garth Brooks with Night Rider's Lament. Boy, they must have gone crazy out there. Son, they all must be crazy out there. Let's get back to Jess. And I thought this is more of a, it's not like a slow, like I think most of the time love songs are a slower kind of ballady sound, but this is a very upbeat, happy song. And I love that to me, this is the part of love where like you're just so happy, you're grinning at everybody and everything is just better because you're so happy where you are. And that's what this song makes me think of is just that point in love. And there's a line in it that says, how do I love you? And it's a callback to the Elizabeth Barrett Browning poem, the how do I love thee, the sonnet 43. So it's very classic in that way, but then slightly different from your traditional love song. And then do you guys remember, um, I'm not sure what year it was, and I didn't think to look that up, but do you remember sometime in the early 2000s, I guess, around when the song came out, the Dr. Pepper commercials that were like, yeah. the song, did you get them there in California? Did they play them? Yeah. They, they must have, but I don't remember. Yeah. Them. A bunch of guys sitting outside of a saloon. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah was, this was totally the theme song and Garth was in the commercials. <laughs> oh, now I have to look for a link to those commercials and post those too. Yeah. I loved those. So I love this song. It's again, it's one that's always on a lot of my playlists, but I had to put it on here um, as one of my favorite love songs because it's just right up there. Yeah, I mean, like you're saying about the upbeat love song, I think that that's cool. It's a little bit of, uh, you know, a different style love song because of the upbeat and the different lyrics in it. But yeah, I really, really enjoy that song as well. It, uh, it's crazy, you know, like you go from a song like uh, The Red Strokes to uh, an upbeat love song like that. It's crazy how many different ways he could do it. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite line in that song is, I love you like a lyric loves a melody. Oh, that yeah. Is, I love that. That's a great line. And I love the music to it. I love happy love songs. You know, there's really good. And obviously Garth has a bunch of really good 
slow love songs, but I love a good happy love song too. And I, this one is one of them. I love this one. Yeah, me too. We have a few for you though, that I think you guys are going to like. So I'm going to let Deb take it on to the next song. Yes. So I have song number three and my song is She's Every Woman. She's sun and rain, she's fire and ice A little crazy but it's nice And when she gets mad, best leave her alone Cause she'll rage just like a river Then she'll beg you to forgive her Oh, she's everyone that I am She's Every Woman was written by Victoria Shaw and Garth Brooks. And Victoria Shaw is not just a writer. She actually recorded four studio albums herself and has five chart singles on her own. So not just a writer, but a singer as well. She also wrote The River with Garth in 1992. She's Every Woman was released August 28th, 1995. So this was a couple of years after The River. And it was Garth's first release from his seventh studio album, Fresh Horses. And it debuted at number 38 on the Billboard Country Chart in September of that year. And then it actually got to number 10 the following week. And by October, it was in the number one spot, of course, because it's Garth Brooks. And it was 1995. So he was number one. (laughs) For me, this song is, it's not like a typical love song or, or even a typical song in general, because most songs have like a verse and then a chorus and then a verse. And this one, it doesn't really have a chorus, which I find interesting um, because there's not anything that repeats over and over again, there's one block of lyrics that repeats twice. But even then, it's back to back. It's not separated. There's so I like that. It's an interesting song to me because of that. And then the other thing that I like about it is the title of the song, She's Every Woman, is only used one time in the whole song. It's never said again one time. And it's at the very end of the first verse. And you never hear it again in the whole song. So I like that. But I will say that the thing that I wonder the most about it is the verse, when it comes down to temptations, she's on both sides of the fence. That line, I always kind of stop and go, what What does that mean? Something to think about. Yeah, I've reasoned. I, I think that it means like... She's temptation to him, like she tempts him, but then also she makes him want to be better and do good and do, you know, like somebody who could maybe, she could get him to go either way, like somebody who could convince you to do good, someone who could convince you to do bad. Oh, okay. I see that going good or bad. It goes back to that fire and ice. Yeah, kind of. Oh, speaking of fire and ice, that made me think when I was listening to it, it sounds a little James Taylory in the beginning to me. The music, I was like, it almost has like a fire and rain sound to it, which it was co-written by Garth. So that makes, I mean, makes yeah, sort of sense. Yeah, and I love the music. I love the music. Well, that's a good interpretation of it. It is not what I was thinking at all, but that's a good <laughs> interpretation. I like that. 
Well, in that way, it's it's music's like poetry. You know, everyone will get something different out of it. I'm sure people could have a million interpretations of yeah. what that means. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so that's that's what I had for She's Every Woman. I'm going to go ahead and pass it to Pete to talk about the fourth song. Yep, I have the fourth song, and I chose to discuss In Another's Eyes. In Another's Eyes was written by Bobby Wood, John Peppard, and Garth Brooks. This song I chose because it was sung by both Miss Trisha Yearwood and Garth Brooks. She released it on her album name songbook, a collection of hits, and then Garth released it on the Sevens album in August of 1997. It was the first collaboration that Garth and Trisha did together while they were still friends and married to who are now their exes. The song reached number two on the Billboard Hot Country singles. And to me, it's one of my favorite songs that they do together. The lyrics in the song could be taken a bunch of different ways. uh, But to me, um, what I get from it is it was a man and a woman in a relationship. And... They were wanting uh, really what I guess maybe they couldn't have at the time. Um, so the lyrics obviously speak for themselves in this song. There are some some very, very great lyrics that the two of them share. But to me, the song means more by the performances that I've actually been lucky enough to see them perform uh, in live shows together, the way that they do it. And we just recently talked about uh, the show at the Win where they come out and sing that song with one another effortlessly. I know that uh, Jess had talked about and mentioned last time how they could be singing that song and completely just stop any kind of musical background at all and just go word for word with one another. And the way that the two of them get into it with each other, feed off of one another, and the way that they could come back into the song and the way that they end it at every performance that I've ever got to see them live. To me, um, it's m- the absolute most favorite song that I get to see the two of them perform together. Um, it's my absolute favorite love song for that reason, because it's Garth and it's Trisha. And I don't know that there's a better duet out there that could, could do any better with any love song. However, I'm anxious to see how Shallow turns me out. Me too. <laughs> That's <Yes>. for later. <laughs> yep. So yeah, that's what I got from that. I don't know if you guys got anything out of it. I do. Um, I I love this song. I was I was turning seventeen the year that this song came out, and it just brings back that time to me. Like I just remember that time period every time I hear it. Um, and it, it was just such a powerful song. And they, like you talked about, they have those insane vocals. And when they get to those high parts in the song, it just builds and builds, and the music and their voices and. Deb can attest to this, like we're we're Broadway people and we like to go see shows and things like that. And I'm all about like a rock opera or something. I love to just 
listen to people belt and put everything they've got and sing from their gut. And so in those moments when they're pushing really hard and the the music is at a crescendo, like it's insane to me that people can do that. And I love that the way that the song builds that way. And and while I, based on what the song's about, I don't condone anyone acting on the feelings of that in real life. You certainly can put yourself in their position and feel empathy for somebody who is where they are, like someone who really loves somebody. And yet these people that they're with also have faith in them and they love those people too. That that has to be a terrible place to be. And so I think that any song that gets to your emotions like that, you know, touches you and you remember it. Um, as far as the music goes, the thing that I took away from it when I listened to it for this purpose was the first few notes of the song kind of drag into the song. And I thought it even sounds apologetic. It sounds like somebody coming in with their head down, like just, you know, already knowing that they feel terrible for where they're at or what they're doing or whatever. And it struck me that music can convey an emotion like that with no words. And then the only other thing that I really wanted to touch on while we were talking about this song is that did you guys see whenever I don't remember which one of the box sets had a disc in it that was just um, basically all of Garth's music videos. And it had the original music video for this that was never released because they recorded it and then just didn't use it. They used the live Jay Leno recording because they were like, there's something about singing live, which I would say, yes, there is. There's something about them singing live together that 100% it made sense that it should have been the video. But there was a studio video, too, which was an amazing video. And it was years later that that I believe that video was released with the Blame It All on My Roots, the DVD from The Win Las Vegas. It might have been. Yeah, I don't remember. But I, I played that DVD a lot when it first came out because it was just all the videos in great yeah, quality. There's two DVDs in that pack and one is the wind show and the other is music videos. OK, well, I yeah, check I was that out. I had no idea. I never got past the wind video. <laughs> the wind DVD. <laughs> As we know from our last podcast that you listened to more than the editor did. There you go. So you can just go play video after video. It'll yeah. be great. Yes, I know what I'll be doing It'll later. Be a change. So I am not going to add on to what Jess said other than because that was fantastic. Like I never thought about that. The way that the music starts already feeling apologetic, like you nailed that. I, I can't add to that other than to say the one line that stands out in that for me is when it says it's a blessing and a curse. You know, we see Garth say that a lot about a lot of things. He's got his blessing and curse. You know, he yeah. he believes that not all blessings our blessings all the way around. Like sometimes you get curses that go with that. So right. that was the only yeah. thing that, that I will add on because Jess's Jess was perfect with her analysis. So yeah. All right. Thanks. That was very, very well done. Now next time I go and I listen to that song, that's I'll listen to it that way and be like, huh, that's right. Yeah. You'll hear it. So what we'll do next, we'll uh, pass back over to Jess for song number five. All right. I have the fifth song of our love song list, and I chose You Move Me. You move me. Now I can go with you and stay where I am, so you move This is how love was to me. This song was released as the fourth single off of Sevens, and it was released August 24th of 1998 and reached number three on the Billboard Country Charts. 
I love, love, love this song. And it it was the first one actually that I picked um, to do our list when we were deciding which songs we were going to do and who was going to do what. I was like, I would really like to do You Move Me, please. <laughs> because I have listened to this a million, million times. <laughs> it was written by Gordon Kennedy and Pierce Pettis. And I mentioned earlier, Gordon Kennedy had worked on Love Will Always Win with Wayne Kirkpatrick. So clearly an amazing songwriter. He also worked on the Chris Gaines album, again, with Wayne Kirkpatrick. And I loved that album also. And we haven't talked about it, but someday we will do a podcast on just that album. He's probably actually best known, though, for writing a song that wasn't a country song. He co-wrote Eric Clapton's song, Change the World, which was a big international hit. So for fans of just him or people who maybe don't know him, that was his most known song. And then Pierce Pettis is no lightweight either. He broke out in 1979 when Joan Baez covered one of his songs. She covered a song of his called Song at the End of the Movie, which I was not familiar with, but Joan Baez. Come on, that's pretty right? amazing. So um, two guys who know what they're doing wrote this song, and you can tell the lyrics in it are amazing, and it has stayed with me. I couldn't tell you the year that I first heard it, but ever since I first heard it, it just stayed with me, and I've loved it pretty much my whole life, probably from my teen years on. Susan Ashton did backup vocals on this song, and it's one that she had actually recorded in 1996, so a couple of years before, on an album called A Distant Call. And oddly enough, she is a contemporary Christian singer, and so you can listen to the song in a different way. And I had heard it for years and years as a love song, but then listening to it as a contemporary Christian song, I was like, well, that makes sense too. You could listen to it from a godly perspective. And it kind of reminded me of the dance in that way because, you know, where there was a dual meaning. So you could listen to it in two different ways and take two totally different um, feelings away from the song. But I think my favorite line from it is where it says, I can't go with you and stay where I am. So you move me. I love the the kind of um, play on words with you move me because it can mean emotionally moved or actually like physically moving forward, like with someone. And so I love anything. I'm a sucker for anything that's a play on words like that. And I think that's probably a big part of why I love that song so much, but yeah, I don't know. I just love yeah, it. And Garth's really good about that. And we talked about that in a couple of our other podcasts where he can take a turn of phrase or, or writers, songwriters, all song songwriters, the ones that are really good can take a turn of phrase and make it have a different meaning than what you're, you know, as you're hearing the lyrics, you're thinking one thing and then you go, oh, wait, yeah, no, that's totally different. It it makes sense both ways. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting that Jess brought that up and you brought it up because that was one thing that I was thinking about knowing that Jess was going to do the song when I started thinking about the lyrics was exactly that. Um, you know, just that saying alone, you move me, how many different ways could you play that on words uh, or how many ways in different aspects could you look at the the song, the lyrics, and then the way that that phrase goes? Uh, I, that was one thing that I, I took very strongly from that song was the play on words. Now, I will say, and I'm probably going to break Jess's heart just a little bit right now. This is probably one of my least known Garth Brooks songs. Like I even had to think when you when you said if no one else is going to do this, I had to go oh, I got to go listen to it. I will take least known. I thought you were going to say one of your least favorite and no. I was going to say we can't be friends anymore. <laughs> no, no, not that, not that. It really was just least known. I was kind of like, what? I I need to listen to that right now. Why aren't the words coming to me? 
It's funny because when we were discussing it and she brought up the song You Moved Me, I was like, that's not a song I've heard in a long time. And so I put it on my Apple or my uh, yeah Amazon Music Play or whatever. And I start, and I still knew all the words and everything, but it wasn't a song. And holy moly, what a great song. Like I listened to it like two or three times. Stephanie's all, are you doing that song? And I was like, no, Jess is. She goes, why are you listening to it so much? I said, it's a great song. I haven't heard it in a long time. <laughs> Right. I love that about this podcast, too, just getting reintroduced to things that like you've probably known for 100 years, but you just haven't listened yeah. to in a while. And oftentimes like that, I have that album, but it was one of those albums where well, I, I had it in probably cassette or CD. Who knows? It's been so long now. And I have it in so many variations that I would. Hey, no, not a track. Thank you very much. <laughs> I did. The <laughs> So, you know, you would get those songs that you knew, like the bigger hits. And we've talked about that before, where we know I'm kind of the, I was the big hit Garth Brooks person. I didn't dig down deep enough to his other stuff. So if it was something that just kind of came and went, who knows, I may have just, you know, at that time in my life, I was newly married and having kids and things were crazy. And I was just repeat on the songs I knew. (laughs) So that's another reason why, like you said, it's so great doing this because I go, you move me. Wait, I got to go. What is that? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Oh, I and love when that. You listen to it, it catches you and you're like, oh, what a song. Thank God for Amazon Music. Yeah. Now I have them all. <laughs> yes. Yes. There great are so songs. many good love songs. Yeah, so many. And we, we still have a couple more. So what else is on our list? I think um, Deb has the next one. I do. So I think I have, this is the last of our six songs that we picked together for two each. And my last one is Make You Feel My Love. When the rain's blowing in your face And the whole world is on your case I would offer you a warning To Make You Feel My Love was originally written by Bob Dylan, of all people, if you didn't know that. And it was from an album that he put out in 1997. But before that, even a few months in the same year before that, Billy Joel released a cover of that song. And that was released, though, not as make you feel my love it was released as to make you feel my love and then garth's version came out in 1998 so it was a year later and it was on the soundtrack of the sandra bullock harry connick jr film hope floats which is one of my all-time favorite romance i love that movie and without fail when it comes on i stop what i'm doing and i watch it i just love it so much In that movie, Trisha also covered the song. So on the soundtrack, Garth Brooks's version of Make You Feel My Love was at the beginning of the soundtrack, and Trisha Yearwood's version of Make You Feel My Love was at the end of the soundtrack. And then Garth included it as a bonus song on his Fresh Horses album when it was released in the limited series box set and was nominated for a Golden Globe for the movie. And then it was also nominated for a Grammy for Garth for Best Male Country Vocal. And Bob Dylan got a nomination for Best Country Song at the Grammys that year. So that's cool. 
And in August of this year, it marked the 22nd anniversary of this song being number one on the country charts. So it's already been 22 years since Hope Floats was out. That's crazy. That's more than half my life. (laughs) Yes, it is. This is the song that Pete mentioned the incident, I think in our last podcast, where, or the one before that, where Garth serenaded Kelly Clarkson on her show. This is the song that he serenaded her to, and she broke down in tears. So if you have not seen that, it's her Kelly Clarkson show, her daytime talk show from November of 2019. You need to go find that because that whole show was about Garth Brooks. And the way he sang this song to her, she broke down in tears. I love that girl. And I was sitting right there with her, just sobbing my eyes out, just ugly crying full on. It was bad. So you need to see it. So this song, I love this song. It's why I picked it. It's probably my favorite Garth love song. Um, I, I just love it. I can't, I can't speak enough about it. It would, it would bore you all so much because I would just keep saying the word love, which I find I say a lot in these podcasts. So I have to stop saying that and find some other descriptive word. But Garth is amazing. This song, to me, he embodies everything that I want to listen to in a love song in this song. It's everything for me. So what did you guys think? So first, I don't think you need to come up with a different descriptive word. The reason why we're doing this is because we all love Garth Brooks, and that's why we're doing the podcast. (laughs) One thing is so funny. I promise you I'll change it. I'll change it by the next recording. I've never seen the movie Hope Floats. (gasps) Never. Peter. I cannot. I cannot. I don't know why, but I've never seen it. I'm just not a big movie guy, I guess. I was forced to like movies when I lived with one of my aunts when I was younger. And uh, that's when I became in love with Garth Brooks and these music. But uh, just not a big movie guy. Uh, but I'll have to watch the show. Another thing, back to the song, a couple things on this one. It's so good. But, you know, we just got done on the last episode talking about the win. The story he tells about when he got asked to do the song for Hope Floats and received the CD, or the you know, with no lyrics. That story over and over again, I could just see Garth there just panicking and trying to figure out exactly the words to it. And then going back to the Billy Joel cover and that he got the lyrics from the Billy Joel cover. I think that that's great. But to this this song specifically, if you go on a date, if you're a guy out there looking to impress a woman, turn this song on on your way. This song will do it. You know, that's the thing, right? This will set off any good night, any good mood. It's just so good. Yes, it will. What about you, Jess? I love the song. I was obsessed with the Hope Float soundtrack when the movie came out. I've been sad for years because I wore my copy out like it was a CD and it was so scratched that it wouldn't play anymore. And it's like a million dollars on Amazon and they've never released it digitally and they've never re-released a copy. So if anyone out there knows of a great place where you can get a copy of it, I will owe you my firstborn if you message us on social media and tell me where I can get it. But um. But I love this song specifically. I love that Garth started the album with it and Trisha's version was at the end. Um, I don't think I've actually ever listened to the Bob Dylan version of it. Someone out there hates me for that, but I don't think I have. But 
I almost kind of want to go listen to it after Garth's description of what it sounded like and see if I can, knowing the lyrics, kind of piece it together for myself. But um, Garth's version will always kind of be the version for me because it's the first one that I heard, closely followed by Trisha's because they were on the same album. But yeah, I mean, it was wonderful. I uh, I can't imagine anybody doing a better version. I know there's a few other people out there who have done a version of this song at some point before or after Garth, and I just can't imagine one being better. I still cannot get over the fact that you haven't seen right? Hope Floats. That's I can't either. That's, I'm, me, but. I'm flabbergasted. You're my nephew. I can't. Right? I'll have a review on it before we yeah, record the better. next episode. You absolutely better. Does Steph own it? Hey. Amazon has something. <laughs> you're not supposed to be looking at Amazon right now. <laughs> Are you you're like looking up soundtracks for me? Amazon Music. I was I was hoping for her firstborn. I, Amazon Music has the Hope Floats Hollywood Sympathy Orchestra yeah, and it's there. That's different. To to totally yeah, different. People, I've seen a couple where people have made like a playlist, but it's just a couple <laughs> random songs. It was such a great the whole thing together was just great music, but yeah, I would really like to find it though. Um, I think we have one more song that we all came to kind of together. Um, we we kind of just decided we had each picked our two songs that we were going to put. You know, there's there's more great songs. Obviously, Garth does a lot of great love songs. And we had a much longer list and we just had to narrow it down for time's sake and each pick our favorite two. But we decided this had to be like an honorable mention and we had to put it on here. And it's the song. It's your song. So this song, um, I again can't remember the first time that I ever heard it actually, but I know that it's something that every time I hear it, regardless of how long it's been since I heard it the last time I get goosebumps and there's like, it's the live cut with the crowd in the background. And, um, I feel like this is just kind of a love song. And we, we had talked about to Garth's fans, but also to his mom. Like if you listen to the lyrics in there, it's such a, an intimate conversation and, the emotional catch in his voice at the end of the song just just kills me. That live version of him singing when he breaks down, every time there's tears in my eyes, like, because you can hear it in his voice when he starts to break down, because at that point, I don't know. I assume that he's thinking about the audience and he's thanking them for being his fans and supporting him. It may also have to do with his mom in that moment, too. But I... Every time hearing that, I I start to tear up because you just hear it. You know, a lot of these artists that are out there, you know, they'll get an opportunity, win an award. They'll thank their fans and country music radio and this, that, and the other thing, right? Their mom and dad. Garth has a song for it, in my opinion. That's the song, right? He sings it to his fans in the live show. Like you said, thanks for the support, what we've done as fans for him and his life. But then also his mom. And every time I hear the song, there's a video clip on one of these DVDs that I have where his mom is in the back of the stage wearing her big circle G jacket. 
and the song was playing in the background you know it's your song and it you know it says mom on it and for that reason alone every time i hear it i i remember that video that i've seen somewhere on a tv with her standing there and i imagine that you know all those people you know it's 20 30 40 50 60 70 thousand people he's singing to but then yeah you know his mom and yeah how much she meant to him in his career and you know i think that that has a lot to do with that song it is so so good yeah and his line who made me believe in me it was you like that is that has got to be his mom and also you could think yeah. about that obviously his mom or his fans think about bob doyle and uh, netflix the road i'm on where they're in the truck and they stop it you know and he says hey it's gonna happen you know garth says hey it's about time he believes in me i should believe in me you could look at that lyric like that as well it's i think that that's why that song has done so well because of all the people that have been a big part of garth's career not just his management road team you know, his mom or whatever, but also all the fans as well, right? Because he always says it without us, it wouldn't be where it is today. And just to give some background on that song, it was written by Pam Wolf and Benita Hill, and it was released November 16th, 1998. So the same year as the Hope Float soundtrack. He was busy that year. Yeah. November 16th yeah. is Brad's birthday. Brad just wasn't around yet. <laughs> all right. So... Those were the six and uh, honorable mention songs that we decided to discuss for this podcast. Okay, so now I'm going to go into our shout outs. So we want to give a shout out to Belinda from Woot. She was really kind and put a comment on there for me about the podcast. So I really appreciate that. I also want to give a shout out to Terry Page from Breaking Bread Podcast. He gave a shout out to us and he was really kind and enthusiastic. So I appreciate you, Terry. Thank you so much. And to Jim on Twitter, who is at the GEG. Thank you, Jim, so much. We really appreciated your tweet about us and encouraging your followers to listen. That was great. Thank you so much. And finally, to fly in the G's on Twitter, and his handle is at F L Y I N T H E G S. You are awesome. We appreciate you so much. Your enthusiasm, your encouragement. We really appreciate the information that you provided to us. And I love your Garth lights. Those lights are awesome. They're so cool. And I got to get me a pair of those. Thanks, guys. That was awesome. Thank you, guys. I think that wraps up for episode number five. And I just want to remind everybody to go and visit our website, which is garthology.com. Yes. And we have been getting so much interaction on our social media. So you guys, if you can continue to uh, go there and interact with us, we absolutely love it. We, you can find us at Instagram and Twitter. We're at GarthologyCast. And on Facebook, we're at facebook.com backslash GarthologyCast. That'll take you right to all of our social pages. Anytime there, if you could retweet or leave a comment, share any of our posts, um, or just write a review for us, that would be great. It, it's really good to interact with you guys, and we appreciate your time. And then next time on Garthology, we're going to delve into Garth's second album, No Fences. We'll divide the album into two episodes, just like we did with the first one. 
So we'll be covering tracks one through five next time, and we really hope you guys join us. Until then. This has been Garthology, episode number five, and I'm Deb. I'm Pete. And I'm Jess, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Bye, everybody. Y'all, I'm all over the place. I'm wearing a sweatshirt and it's so hot in this closet and all I can think is I need to go take the sweatshirt off. I'm dying. <laughs> That'd make for a hell of an ending. Well, yeah, it would. <laughs> hey! We're done. Talk about love songs. This is how she does it. Yeah. <laughs> Fall in love with this. That would be a totally different show.